Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on the journey toward publication. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Christina Katane, and I write in multiple genres, including Christian fantasy. I'm Jamie Hirschberger, and I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction under the pen name Dee Dee Bowman. Thank you so much for everyone tuning in. We have some live people already in our chat. Good morning. Hello to hi. Piper out there. We got a wave and a hi from Gigi. Good morning, Gigi. Well, we'd like to thank everyone who is tuning in with us live, but we also like to thank everybody who also tunes into us uh, via our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere that podcasts are available. And we really appreciate all of you for listening. YouTubers, if you like what we do, please like and subscribe. You can also go over to our website and subscribe to our newsletter, which will ensure you never miss a single episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. Also, if you're on um, Apple Podcasts or any of the other ones, you can like and subscribe us there, too. That really helps us out. And we appreciate it. We are that. everywhere. We are. <laughs> you can't get rid of us. All right. We like to start each of our episodes with a thing we call our What's Up. It is where we take time to check in with each other to see what's going on with our personal lives and professional lives sometimes, too. So I'm going to start with you, Jamie. What is up with you? Oh, my goodness. So I am someone who's really big into purging and I've been going through a lot of my like personal effects and just, you know how you have like the junk drawer. Well, you know, I've had several boxes. Like it's like my house is feeling a little cluttered. So I just put everything kind of in a box. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been going through and just getting rid of like, why did I keep this? Why did I keep this? Something I thought someday might be important, but my mother had stored away all kinds of childhood memories and mementos. And I had never opened that box since she gave it to me um, when I was still in Michigan. And we dragged it down here. And in there was a picture of little Jamie Nichols from Vacation Bible School in 1977. And I was like, look at little baby me. And it was just so fun to just kind of look at that little person and read some of my old report cards and things like that. And so if you're, if you're on Facebook, I'm, I kind of have those posts set to public if you care to look at it, but it's just been really kind of neat to walk down memory lane. And the fun part of it is my mom kept so much of what I wrote when I was younger and That's it's so cool. not bad. And dude, I had some seriously good penmanship and it's just kind of fun to read early writings because I remember being a writer from way small, but just being a little discouraged from teachers telling me, write what you know, and feeling like I know nothing. You know what I mean? Yes. So everything really felt to me unimportant that no, like I wrote a thing about like the Tigers when they won the World Series and just childhood concerns, right? Like, thank God I didn't have anything really serious to write about. But um, yeah, it just has been really fun to see those old writings. And what I really regret is I cannot locate this piece I wrote. It was historical fiction about my life in Fort Mishilla Mackinac. And I was so hoping it would have been in this pile of documents. Um, I just kind of remember that it was like first person. I'm this little girl who lives in the fort. And uh, sadly, it did not appear in this pile of paper. So I'm sad that that one might be lost to time. 
for all eternity. I have to say that my favorite thing that you posted was the title page of one that's written in like your little kindergarten writing. And it says <laughs> the autobiography of Jamie Nichols based on a true story. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. Oh, man, that kind of thing is so fun. So I encourage any of you, if you have a time capsule like that laying around your house, go ahead and take a walk through it because you'll be delighted by yourself and you'll remember who you were and who you are. And it's really a super lot of fun. So that's my what's up. Who's next? That was awesome. You know, um, does anyone else have like old writings from when they were a kid? Mm hmm. My mom has one of, that I wrote about my horse buddy when I was in fourth grade, a whole book. Like, it's long. <laughs> but I, like you, Jamie, I wish I would have, like, because I felt the same way. I felt like, well, I don't have enough life experience to be a writer. And I wish somebody would have, because if I had started writing in college or right out of college, you know, continue working, whatever. But just imagine where I would be with my career right now if I had done that. So I agree with you. So, all right, Tina, how about you? What's up with you today? Um. Well, it's just been a busy week, and um, I didn't get a lot of writing done, um, but I sure did think about it a lot. <laughs> well, that's important. And, you know, for me, thinking is is working, so I've, I've been working hard. <laughs> um, and I just did the, you know, guys know I'm like kind of a geek when it comes to the Clifton Strengths thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of obsessed, so I just took an uh, intensive on my intellection, and so I had I got a lot of really cool tools that I'm going to start using to kind of direct my daydreaming and my places my brain likes to go to hmm. be a little more focused on you know my actual writing, so I can get some stuff done. That's so exciting, honestly, to like think about the fact that like you can really be like know who you are and your personality and then turn around and be able to use it for, so I love that. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. all my life I felt like a loser because I was a dreamer. I was always wasting time, you know, staring out the window at whatever and not seeing anything, but being in my head. And, um, you know, that was wasting time and that, and, you know, you need to go do something and you're lazy, but no, that's who I am. That's, like to me, that's working, and all my best stuff comes from those what we call incubation activities like that. That's very cool, and it's really freeing to know that. Well, it's really freeing to know that God didn't make a mistake when He created you the way that you are, and it's fascinating how. Um, in our formative years, we're held to standards that have all been set by other people. Um, our, our parents, unfortunately, don't have another Jamie Nichols to compare this one to. Um, our teachers don't. Um, you know, professionals in general don't. So they're trying to shove you into a mold that seems to make most people happy. And so, you know, you can't blame them or whatever. But to discover what really makes you authentically you is a blessing and a gift. And that's how you'll function the best in the body of Christ. I absolutely agree with all that. Jamie's taking us to church today. Hmm. All right, let's check in with the um, chat real quick. Piper says her what's up formatting book, getting ready to pub this month. Yay. Wow, that's awesome. Um, Piper says, Jamie, I love seeing your posts and pics. Thanks, yeah. yeah. 
She also says that her mom kept one and wrote that I said I plan to grow up and have lots of kids so they would do all the work and watch soap operas <laughs> and mom bods all day. <laughs> what I have discovered is that works really great until they all turn 18 and move out. <laughs> then suddenly you have to do all the work yourself. I'm not Aww. sure that the amount of work that they create helps to like offset yeah, that's the amount true. of work that they have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Juju says I wrote a mystery for an assignment in fourth grade. I turned it in in an envelope that I dipped in perfume. My teacher Ooh. didn't know what to think of me. That's so awesome. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Hey Teresa. Hey, We're Teresa. so glad you're here. I hope your home sale and everything went okay. Good to see ya. Shell says I had a box full of writing from through my school years and end up water damage loss. Oh, I know. I keep thinking I'm going to write them all as posts. I wrote one on my buy me a coffee, um, but it just feels really weird to say I wrote this when I was, I don't know how, you know what I mean? But I do want to preserve them that way. So thanks Shell for the warning that if I don't, if you don't, then um, I too may have a story such as that. I'm so sorry, Shell. All right. So I will go next. Um, my WhatsApp is I've not gotten any work done this week either. Um, I have been struggling with my headaches again. Uh-huh. And plus, there's been a lot going on. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna give myself a break. Because I am self-employed. I my own boss, I can make that decision. Um, but I'm okay with it. I've gotten I've been doing other things in the background and um, still planning out the next series. So I've been fiddling around with that for a little bit and I'm still editing, but I've not been, um, I would say I've not been a butt in the chair kind of person this week. Uh, So, which, and I know you guys know that I'm like the one that says that probably the most is get your butt in the chair. Um, But I've done it. I'm not avoiding it. I specifically knew I'm just not going to do it, but I had a lot of things going on. And then guess what? Next week. I have jury duty. Mm. So I'm not going to be in office, office hours again next week either. So it's just one of those things. So I'm giving myself grace. That's, so that's my what's up as I'm showing myself grace this week. Good for you, Jennifer, because sometimes you need to be the nurturer for yourself. Mm. Um, and, you know, the person who makes yourself take care of yourself because there isn't another external source to do that, you know. Right. So it's good to be mindful what Thanks, you need. Jamie. And I guess I should give a little more information. Like, for so you know, my mom was in the hospital last week. My husband was in the hospital a week and a half before that. Like, it's just been one thing after the other. So, yes, it was time for me to take a break. So, all right. Well, before Rhonda goes. Oh, happy <laughs> to you. guys you. hear that? No. No. Why is it so quiet? Now I can hear it a right. little. It's your birthday. Yes, Her reaction in the picture, it looks like her reaction to the song. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Rhonda. Thank you so How much. How to be 29 again? It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> we should have said happy anniversary of your 29th oh, yeah. birthday. All right. Happy anniversary. Happy it's anniversary. Very good. I have to say, I was chatting with a fellow who was 37 years old. And when he said, I'm 37 years old, my brain immediately thought, oh, like me. And I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> no. Isn't that strange very how scary, inside you don't scary. feel your age? Yes. I oh, still feel 16. Important. Like I should be calling up my mom and asking for permission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you everybody. Uh, I appreciate it very much. 
So what is up with you besides your beautiful birthday today, beautiful lady? <laughs> well, let's see what's up with me. Uh, so last week was my ghost walk and that was oh, so yeah. much fun. It turned out amazing. And we had um, around 200 people walk through. <gasps> oh, it was incredible. That's great. Um, and um, everybody who was a ghost this year signed on to be next year and we're going to enlarge it. And it was really a success. I'm so. still waiting for the pictures. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, I will. I will get those to you. Sorry. I never asked for them, but I'm waiting for it. <laughs> oh, well, Jamie did. So <laughs> she's asking for everybody. <laughs> um, so the ghost walk was last week. Um, I've been trying to do office hours while trying to um, work on a house. And I've been fairly successful. Um, my habits were better last week than they were this week. But um, uh, yeah, um, it's I'm starting... I'm starting to get a place. Well, I won't talk about it too much because I'll talk about it later, but I'm starting to get a place that feels really comfortable to do my work in. And so awesome. at the new house. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Because Rhonda, what people may not realize is in Michigan, you get maybe three months to get <laughs> yeah. it done. And yeah. all that stuff you normally would be doing in your garden, you've mm-hmm. got to do now to get your house ready for old man mm-hmm. winter. Who's just yep. around the corner now for y'all up there. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Our neighbor's tree started turning this last week. <gasps> oh, my and then I walked into Marshall's and all of the pumpkin flavored uh, coffee flavorings were there. And I'm like, that's it. I'm pulling out it's my, only my August. fall decorations. <laughs> September 1st, though, for me, it's on. All the fall decorations <laughs> come out. Like, all the pumpkins. And, and I'm so- ahead of the game because my scarecrow is still on the front porch from last, from last year. year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect. Really, honestly, it's perfect because... The spiders built webs like in between oh. the scarecrow and the porch railings. And I just left them there because we was, do. I'm like, whatever you guys do, don't clean up these spider webs because when fall gets here, it's going to be perfect. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's the best attitude about leaves. That's awesome. That's great. Okay. Well, we do have a topic today other than just chitting and chatting. But um, today we are talking about superstition now i will admit that when um i missed a meeting a couple weeks ago of hospital issues and stuff with my mom and i came back and i'm like superstition what to be fair i wasn't really at that meeting either even though i was at that meeting so (laughs) yeah was anybody no i think we were all just yeah pretending to have our act together that day yeah I think we were talking about my birthday or something, and it was yeah. Friday the 13th. Oh, today's yes. Friday the 13th. That's how that yes. whole thing came up. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, yeah, we, and so we got talking about it when we were actually planning it this last week, and I was saying that um, superstition when I was growing up was a big deal in the church. If you were, um, like, you couldn't have any sort of superstitions, otherwise your belief in, in God was question does that make sense yes because you're believing like the same thing about luck like you're not allowed yes. to believe in luck you have to say i'm blessed it was kind of that way in my mm-hmm. uh, early formative years also it was right. no bueno exactly did you guys all experience that and you're growing up in your church like yes. we all grew up in the church so mm-hmm. not really okay oh because you grew up catholic now yeah. i grew up oh yeah so there's a little bit of difference would you say mm-hmm. but you were saying, weren't you, Tina, saying something about superstition versus ritual? 
too is that some people call some things a superstition but well, really I just well I just was starting to question it when I I have a list that I put, pulled out of a common superstitions for authors but some of them to me feel more like rituals that we would do like always writing in the same place always listening to the same music that kind of put our brain in writing mode mm-hmm. and so I like questioned some of those whether they were actual superstitions or whether they were rituals all right, mm. so you have an actual list of things. I that, do have a list, yes. So these are lists of writer superstitions that we're going to either debunk or, or we're going to talk about them. So, Okay, so some common superstitions for authors is they don't ever end a story on page 13. So that would be a short story, obviously. Or have 13 pages in a chapter or even have a chapter 13 in their book. Now, Rhonda and I probably would say, no, 13 is the best number ever, right? Yeah. Rhonda, is 13 your favorite number? It is. It was my valuable number, too. It is also my favorite number because I was also born on the 13th. Someone else on the podcast was as well. No. Tina. All right. Tina's the 14th. Oh, Ah. that's right. Yeah, I'm uh, a 14th. Piper says her sister was born on the 13th, September 13th. We used to love to torture her with superstitions. My youngest is September 13th. Oh, her birthday. Oh. But I chose it because I she was a scheduled C-section and I chose the 13th because I thought, well, it'll be fun sometime to have a, a birthday on Friday the 13th because I'm well, not superstitious. And it was my ball number two, Rhonda. So weird. And I have to tell you guys that growing up with a birthday, October the 13th, oh, you would think oh. that I would get to go to like haunted houses and stuff. But when we were kids, free. Nope, none of that stuff was even open until like the end of the month. Like I'm telling oh. you, I couldn't find anything fun to do on my birthday. Oh. And I would always be, I'm like, it's Friday the 13th. I should be able to go to a haunted house. And no, it didn't exist back then. Now I have no interest in there everywhere, but I just wanted to point that out. Because I never really got to complain about it publicly before. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> and as far as like ending my story on the 13th, I would be, as, as long as I can end the story, I'll be so happy. Yay, right. I finished the book. Yes. Or yeah. like 13 pages in the chapter. Yay, I finished the chapter. Like, yeah, I, that is not, I don't care about that. Okay. Okay. But Let's, I do not like to pay $6.66 at the cash register. I, I will add either. that pack of gum. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Why are we like that? I know, I me too. Know. I guess I, yeah. Okay. So another one is um, choosing the title. So some people will not write until they've chosen a title. And some people won't choose a title until the book is done. Wow. So that's, and so that was one of the ones I'm like, is that really a superstition? I don't mm. know. It depends yeah. on if you're saying, if I do, then the book will fill in the blank, right? right? So I think that's the difference between a superstition and a ritual. A ritual facilitates the work, and a superstition means something will happen as a result of my behavior. Mm-hmm. And I had I had pulled out this definition of a superstition um, that we were going to talk about later about it being about control, like trying to have control of something you have no control over. So like mm-hmm. if I walk if I don't walk under that ladder then b- bad things won't happen to me kind of thing. Uh okay so Piper's, I have a few more. Real quick. Piper says I would love to have titles ahead of time. They're hard for me to come up right? with. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to one. Just I don't care having it a title up. anytime. Is- <laughs> I know having the option of deciding when I will think of a title. Yeah. Like please god give me a title is how I feel about it. Yeah. So there's some people that write with a specific tool or pen. And so that this is one that felt more like a ritual to me. Cause if you always write with the same pen, 
Um, maybe that, like I have, I got this fidget pen. It's orange. I wish I had brought it in here and the little head spins, but it's really heavy on top because it has this like bare ball bearing head that spins. And I love the way it writes, but it's not a superstition, but I guess like what you said earlier, if you think that the something will happen to the story because you don't use your certain pen. Right. I always sign my books with this pen. Not this one. I have a bunch of them, <laughs> but in purple because I like how it writes and I always do purple because someday when I'm like super, super famous mm-hmm. and people try to like, you know, sign books and say it's me so they can sell them for more. They'll, mm. have, to, they'll have to be purple. So that is not me. a superstition. That is a superstar station. <laughs> when I am a superstar, I need to be prepared. Right? I just like it. I like it. Purple. So You're on fire, Jamie. I'm telling you. <laughs> I have, I have the same thing. I have a certain pen I use and I bought like a whole box of them off of Amazon. Because they be disappear. Middle, I don't know. What to you don't do. want to be in the middle of a fan frenzy signing books and your pen go dry. I mean, that yeah, is terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so some people need to wear a certain article of clothing. Um, yeah, I've, worn, I've had the same pair of underwear on throughout this whole book. It's not changing them. <laughs> this is, oh, yeah, TMI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the writer's ascot, right? Like, I ooh. must be wearing my sweat, my smoking jacket and my, you know, mm-hmm. do do I bet you that's all olden days kind of stuff, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe Hemingway had some superstitions. I would like to know. Oh, I'm oh, sure probably. he did. A certain brand of whiskey. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> okay, so um, making sure characters don't have the same initials as friends or family members. Ooh. That's uh, just covering your your backside <laughs> in case they think oh this is about me you know that's yeah a, that's i think it was more like um they were afraid something bad would happen oh. to the friend or fa- like if you kill somebody oh, that's in your book that has the same initials <laughs> we're like oh who can i kill so that could happen huh okay so what if they actually put your full name in the book Oh, yeah. well, that's just, lit. yeah, that's, that's not fiction anymore. No, now that's a voodoo doll. That's that <laughs> yeah. So this is not about you. It's another Rhonda Hagerman. I know. <laughs> oh, okay. I forget. Well, there is a Miss Hagerman who's a prostitute in a certain book that I know. Yeah. No, that's Rhonda. Oh, Miss Hagerman is the secretary that's in love with uh, Warren. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Oh, I thought the secretary in love with Warren was the prostitute. Nope. I'm confused. Okay, so there's some, (laughs) I found some bizarre superstitions of known authors. Oh, good. Let's hear these. Um, So, and some of these authors I know and some I'd never heard of, but here we go. Charles Dickens always slept facing north. That's the weirdest. When he was writing. I hope they buried him facing north. I have no idea. Hmm. I don't think it matters at this point. Dr. Seuss, when he felt blocked, he would wear a hat. I love this. And yeah. he had 300 of them. I, I, I would wow. fantasize of having a, a writing space filled with all my different hats. That would be great. Mm-hmm. But I think that yeah. they would maybe aggravate me. I don't know. I'm and not I sure. I can wear a ball cap. I think it's interesting that there's so many interesting hats in his books mm-hmm. and yeah. illustrations. And yeah. he actually had like a lot of hats. Jen, you have to write, wear that when you're writing Widows of the West. This, <laughs> How are you going to keep should. it on your head? It looks too small. <laughs> this is Reverend Albright's hat. Oh. Because if you can see in there, 
Ah. And the reason his name is in there is because he had just taken it to the saddlery store, the saddlery, and to have them like they reform them, they clean them and reform them because he had two. I don't even know how old this thing is. And um, we didn't know. And like a month or like three months or something after he passed away, my grandma got a phone call and they're like, we're just looking for um, Mr. King. He hasn't picked up his hat yet. So what a blessing. What a, what a wonderful memento. How great. So, so, okay, go ahead. Continue. That is so cute. That is very cute. Look, yes. This, this one's not so cute. Um, Frederick Schiller. And I don't know if anyone knows what he wrote. Let us know because I don't know who he is. Um, needed to smell rotten apples to write, and he would actually leave apples in his desk to rot. And when Ooh. he got blocked, he'd open the drawer so the smell would be stronger. You know what? I want, I couldn't want, he I, just? Couldn't he I just want, use like a bottle of apple cider vinegar? Yes, that would be much better. <laughs> I, I, you can ask him that if you figure out okay. who he is. I but will. if you guys spread that rumor about me, that would be great because now I really want to know what he wrote. So, like, if I said I had a really weird superstition, would that increase my fan base? I have to yeah. smell my own armpit before I write <laughs> the next chapter. I don't know. Like, like the girl on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Frederick Schiller, huh? Hmm. Gigi wants to know how can Dickens sleep facing north while he writes? Shouldn't he be awake while writing? <laughs> Maybe no, that was a secret. It wasn't while he writes. He's just a writer, an author, Aww. and like the superstition. When, when he north. was actively in the times that he was actively writing, he would sleep facing north. I think when he was taking time off, I don't know what direction he faced, but that's what the article said. Okay. <laughs> So Truman Capote what? would I'm not sorry. start or finish Cody. a piece on Friday. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, but I just quickly looked up. Frederick Schiller wrote a poem called Ode to Joy, which is the, you know, um, use of Beethoven's ninth. Um, so just real quickly for anyone Wait, who was curious. Where's my recorder? I'll play Ode uh-huh. to Joy for you. <laughs> and you have, no, I won't. You yes, have a recorder? Ahead. I I do have a recorder. Truman Capote, is that how it's pronounced? Mm -hmm. He would not start or finish a piece on a Friday. Wow. And Amy Lowell smoked cigars. Mm. That's it. That's what I have. I Mm. used to be, I don't know if addicted is the right word, but probably. Darn it. Darn it. This is this thing here. Um, (laughs) You guys know this. I couldn't write in the evening unless I had a cherry Pepsi. Wild cherry Pepsi and a Snickers bar. Mm. Now, I remember that. keto, that's no longer a thing. So it took me a while, but like, yeah, it was like I'd get that cherry Pepsi and a Snickers, and all of a sudden it would like activate something in my brain just because it was a habit, right? So that's it was all the habit. sugar going into your brain, and your brain was like, hey, hey, <laughs> 130,000 words. It don't make sense. That's the important <laughs> part of my life right there. Oh, that's funny what Maria said. Didn't, Didn't you know British authors don't sleep? That's why we all had the ghost visit at night. Oh. <laughs> we had all the ghost visit at night. <laughs> That's great. Shell That's says, great. I do the cigar thing, but not as a superstition. I can write without them, LOL. <laughs> all right. That was super. All right. So that was really fun and interesting and, and all that. But, like, <laughs> let me see where we're here. Um. So you had another quote, Tina, too. Did you say right. that? Right, I said that a little bit earlier, um, but it's that superstition helps us feel like we can control events and make the world seem less chaotic. 
Right. So like for, for those of us that like really do have like maybe some superstitions, like I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to pay a bill at $6 and 66 cents. I'm going to throw a pack of gum in there. Am I really keeping evil away from me when I do that? No, because I can't control evil. I can't keep evil away from me, but I'm going to throw that pack of gum in because it gives me Mm -hmm. some sort of sense that I have some sort of power over it. Right. So that's really kind of the root of superstition. So that maybe helps us to decide the difference between a superstition and really just a habit or, or a ritual or, or mm-hmm. a ritual. And, you know, saying bless you started as a, you know, when someone sneezes, saying bless you started as a superstition. Yeah. I, they believed that the act of sneezing could allow evil spirits mm-hmm. to somehow get in. And so they would say bless you mm-hmm. to counteract it. Yeah, I think I know it was, believers that um, won't say that they would. They will. Um, they just won't. Which mm-hmm. I think you know, it's a habit now. I mean, uh, it's a cultural thing now. But mm-hmm. sorry, Rhonda, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, and some people just a little bit different. They think you're sneezing out the spirit, and if you bless them, it can't get back in. Yeah, like yeah. your soul leaves your body when you sneeze, and if you don't say "God bless you," it will forever roam. <laughs> I don't know. Is that maybe an Irish thing? Rhonda, that gives me or? a story. I suddenly have story ideas that I need to write down. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we all four of us have some rituals that we do. So we're going to talk about the rituals we do that some people might look at as if it is a superstition, but really it's more of a ritual for us. So who wants to go first? Hmm. I guess I'll talk about the fact that I really like to listen to music. It's more of podcast rituals that I have. Mm-hmm. I like to um, sing songs and move my body and um, brush my hair and sort of prepare for the podcast, which um, it's not in any kind of an order. So it doesn't feel as ritualistic as it would if I had to first I brush my hair, then I listen to music. But I do have kind of a pattern and a routine that I follow before the podcast that I feel kind of gets me into like go mode. Um, So that's what I would say, because I don't have particular writing rituals, I don't think. Um, I've tried to think of them, but I tend to be a rather chaotic individual in the first place. And so I just take the writing when I can get it. (laughs) What about you, Rhonda? Um, The only ritual I really have is that there are certain things I need to do in order. Um, Like, for instance, this isn't specifically the order, but say when I turn my computer on, I'll need to check my email, make sure there's nothing urgent. And then I have to open up Google and get certain pages open. And I just have to have everything all lined up in front of me before I can get started. So I know I'm not missing anything. It's really, yeah, I think it's a process thing, Rhonda. I think you and I both have similar, um, Mm -hmm. we know certain processes have to happen to get us from A to B and we're just mindful of what those things are. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I think I'm just, Mm -hmm. don't mean to speak for you, but you're right. Yep. All right, Tina, how about you? Do you have any rituals for writing? I just actually started a new ritual um, where I, when I go to bed at night, I look at my scene card for the next day of what I'm going to be writing right before I go to bed, last thing I think of, and then I write first thing in the morning. You know, that's, that's good. I've tried starting to do that too, because it really does make a difference for me as well. 
And you guys all know my ritual of the, um, I had it back here and moved it, of my isolation booth. I always put it out in front. Like, even if I'm not going to look at it, having it in front of me kind of like gives me in the, the mode that, okay, I'm physically in a place that I'm to write right now. Um, coffee. I know I make jokes about coffee, but it is one of those things that like when I'm drinking it, my body's like, okay, it's writing time. Cause I don't drink coffee throughout the day. I only do it in the morning when I'm writing. I show up at the same, I try to write at the same time every day. Um, I do, since I don't do the, the Pepsi and the Snickers anymore. Um, <laughs> I do now cherry Coke zero is my addict thing, which I got to stop it. I drink way too much of it. And it's just not good for me. And then if you haven't, if you're sugar free and you don't know about these things, I'm just going to get you addicted right now. <laughs> they are like Snickers for sugar free people. They are like so good. They and also have I, peanut butter cups and like the mounds yeah, the coconut mounds and good. chocolate. I don't like if the you, peanut butter cups as well, but if you haven't tried them before, try one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because they have stevia in them mm-hmm. and then you may your body may not be ready for stevia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be near yes. the toilet if you eat more than one. <laughs> so they're self-limiting, you're saying. I like I like how we all dance around it and use like toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just say it. <laughs> Our chat is full of some awesome gold today. Everyone who's not participating mm-hmm. should go through and read it agreed piper says i use a certain playlist study violin piano covers on spotify mm-hmm. for writing there's one in particular that i started off with years ago our first retreat and when i'm really like serious and i'm sitting down for especially if i'm gonna do like a long haul of writing i go back to that one Me you too. know what it is jamie yes i, go back I do to that one and it makes a difference. It has the binaural beats in it. It makes a huge difference for me. Yes. And I don't, I'm not sure anymore if it's just the way I, that makes me feel or if there is anything to that song or that, but yeah, that song will really put me in the time to writing sprint. Specifically yes. NaNoWriMo sprint mode yes. is how that does for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't use it when I do my live writing sprints on my channel because I feel like people might get bored of it, you know, and plus the video is weird on it now. It's like, it's not good anymore, but the audio is still great. So that's kind of where I'm at. So. I've been listening to Cindy's playlist ever since she mentioned it the other day. Mm-hmm. And I think I might be hooked. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So real quick, before we leave the topic, are there ways that we can use superstition in our writing? Well, yeah, I think it can be really important because, I mean, we just briefly glossed over the impact that superstition has on like your faith community and how there is possibly tension there or not. So if you're writing a character with any depth, um, the character lives in a community and in that community, the ideal of superstition exists or doesn't. And that is one area for you to explore as far as, well, then what kind of a person is your character and how do they react to this culture of great superstition or no superstition? It's definitely going to influence um, your personality to grow up in a community that has superstition very entrenched in it. And very doable if you write Christian as well, Christian fiction, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. Jeanette Oak does it. Uh, I can remember specifically reading her books. Um, She has in um, One Calls the Heart, they settle into the northern parts of Canada with um, um, indigenous people all around them. And the indigenous people have all different kinds of superstitions. 
Um, I'm also thinking about books like The Scarlet Letter. Like there is so mm-hmm. much superstition in there. It doesn't mean you have to make it as if the superstition is acceptable or that as mm-hmm. that it's Christ-like, but it can be there to make your story deeper and you can have it show, it can show parts of the characters the ones that are superstitious will show you like the different personality traits of them as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I included I, um, in my book, I had some, something like that with um, there's, a, there's the Athabascan culture that is in that area of Alaska. And I tried to take like old Testament culture and Athabascan culture and modern American culture and kind of create a world from those three things. But in my book, the, my main character's mother has a necklace that is a jade eagle. And she tells her daughter that that jade eagle helps her find her way when she's lost. Mm-hmm. So like little things like that. And it actually leads to my character's false belief that carries her through the whole book. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's in my book. This one is just an example. Mm-hmm. Piper says, so to use it as a way of making your character realistic. Absolutely. Yeah. Or quirky. I or like quirky. quirky. Yeah. And quirky is more realistic too, mm-hmm. right? You got to yeah. have some odd ducks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could stand in my backyard and look at my neighbor's yards and tell you the different quirky personalities of each person. And if your book doesn't look like your backyard, if your book mm-hmm. doesn't look like your neighborhood, then you probably need to spend a little bit more time like carving out your characters. And this is one way of doing it is adding some yeah. superstitions to them. Yeah. I was trying to think of um, superstition in media. And the first thing that came to mind was, did anybody see Goonies? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. I cannot remember Sean Aston's character's name right now for some reason. But anyway, just that one time he's trying to be such a big man and lead everybody, and he throws that little bit of salt over his shoulder at that one point, and mm-hmm. it just shows that just it showed so much of his character that one little emotion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. And it's bothering me that I can't think of his name either as many times as I've seen that song or that show. And every time I think of it, I think of play the wrong note and we'll all be flat. Yes. That's That's such a great movie. I went to watch it the other day and or not the other day, a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to show my kids this movie. They're going to love it. And I was like, oh. No yeah. way am I letting <laughs> right. my kids watch. How did we? Uh, we're Mikey! Right yes, thank Mikey. you. Yeah. Way to go, Sha. For those Shell. of you not watching the chat, somebody just said the name Mikey in the chat. So. <laughs> yeah. I'd also Great. like to comment that Maria is my inspiration today. Zelda soundtrack. Totally doing that today. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teresa says, I love that about your book, Tina. It made me think about how our world would be if we didn't have the New Testament. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome that you say that because the whole book started because I was teaching the life of Moses in a Bible study and God was giving him the law. And I had that very thought, what would the world be like if we didn't have the New Testament? And that's what sparked my whole idea for my book. Mm -hmm. So I love it when the readers get it. (laughs) Yep. That's the best. Yep. All right, ladies, it's now time for us to move on in this podcast to our favorite part, the feeding of the backs. So this is a part where we um, share our, our writing. Um, and here's how it work for, works for us. Before the podcast starts, we take 15 minutes and we write using a prompt. We all have the same prompt. We all have 15 minutes. We do not stop. We do not edit. These are raw, unedited pieces that we share here. So the way that we do this feedback isn't like a normal critique group because this is just for encouragement. 
because we're not looking for the problems. We know there are problems because we haven't done any work on it. We've just written it. So um, I'm going to go with Rhonda first. Rhonda, can you share with us what the prompt was this week and then share your writing? Yes, I will. Okay. <laughs> the prompt was, he poured rocks in the dungeon of his mind. It's a great, great one. Yes. So I have <laughs> every excuse in the book. <laughs> You're going to break your arm, I know. Jennifer. You've got to quit reaching around behind you like that. I thought that Jennifer was really dwelling on the, these are unedited for like uh, a yeah. reason. Just saying. I just want to point out that I really generally enjoy blaming Tina for choosing the prompts, <laughs> which normally is just like a word generator when she does it for us. Yeah. Um, but I did a sentence generator. I'm like, oh, this one's awesome. And now that we came, showed up today and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Rhonda. <laughs> All right. He poured rocks in the dungeon of his mind. Gail looked over the top of the paper she was holding. Marcy's face was like an oblivious stone. Gail let the line float in the air for a moment. It was like opening a jug of old milk, the sour odor wafting like thick fog between them. Why are you staring at me? Keep reading. Don't you love it? Marcy effused. Gail held the paper up again, this time closer to her face. It seemed that Marcy, in fact, does not want to critique. She wants praise. Gail took a deep breath, looked back down at the page, and read the next line. And then, since he's a cowboy, he poured whiskey over the rocks in his glass. Gail paused, set the papers down gently, and took a long, slow drink from her water bottle. Gail saw Marcy from the corner of her eye, whose hands were clasped under her chin as if to keep them from flailing. But she was moving side to side on her feet, almost dancing. The end. I just couldn't write any more on this. <laughs> I do love what you did though. Yes. I mean, you took it and like you had your characters react to it the same way that we reacted to the sentence. So. Yeah. Well done. And I like that sour milk face. Oh, uh, who doesn't know that? Yeah, though? that's terrific. That was really great imagery oh, right you. there. And you used rocks again, like uh, on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean this really provoked some creativity out of you. I think it was great, Rhonda. Oh, well, thank you. Piper says, LOL, don't you love it? Sort of poking at Jen there, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) You know, haven't we all faced somebody that like says they want to critique, but really all they want is for, uh, you know, it happens, you know, and it's very difficult when that person is not giving you something that you have a whole lot of positive things to say about. So well done. You should continue it. Oh, thank you. All right, Jamie, how about you? Let's hear yours. All righty. Let me, uh-oh, hold on. Mouse is dead. Here we Gigi go. She says, poor Marcy. That was so oh. good, Rhonda. <laughs> Thanks. All right, here we go. He poured rocks in the dungeon of his mind, each signifying a particular stressor. He gathered mm-hmm. them together like dice in a Yahtzee game, putting them in an invisible cup, which he could almost feel as he closed his hand into a fist during dinners with friends or business meetings. His nails would press half circles into the meaty flesh of his palms as he mentally scooped up thoughts of a promotion or a raise or what Betty would say when she found out he had requested neither. Into the cup went concerns about braces and future weddings and college education. Each rock stayed a rock in spite of his efforts to turn them in his mind into dice or anything that resembled something that would make sense to the world outside his internal prison. 
Why did each issue so stubbornly remain a hard-baked piece of clay? Why did each issue seem so much like any of the others, undecipherable when the cup was upended and the individual trouble spilled over him at the end of the night, when he sat oh so still and tried to make sense of everything that was expected of him? He preferred the rocks to remain inside the cup, but he couldn't seem to hold on to the cup tightly enough to keep it from tipping and spilling, tipping and spilling. Talk to me, Betty pleaded, and the worry in her eyes became another rock. Into the cup it went with a plunk. The car's acting funny, his daughter said, and the information as well as the worry in her eyes became another rock in the cup. Kerplunk. Cigarettes seemed the only escape that didn't further worry anyone, so the beer that was bought and was surely his secret remedy remained unconsumed in the refrigerator, his secret craving for it still another rock that went into his cup. How unfair, he thought, that it was okay for some other guys to sit unfeeling and stewing in an inebriated slumber. How must their internal lives seem? Not clenched, not holding on, blissfully adrift on a sea of foam. It sounded like heaven. The thoughts were a handful of gravel pouring from his soul into the damning cup of judgment he insisted on filling every day, every day. One day as he sat in the garage, once again dumping and inventorying and scooping up again all of those many racks, a small man in a cheap suit made his way up the drive. Hello, brother, the stranger said. My wife and I just started a church up the street. Hello, was the reply. Tentative. This was a preacher man, after all, certainly here to add some more racks to the cup. Would you like to come and visit, asked the wife, who'd been straggling behind trying to wrangle what looked like around eight children, all too enthusiastic about innumerable crickets in the field to hustle up the driveway the way their father had. The cup lay upended in the dungeon of his mind, his problems scattered before him, shouting up at him from the dirty floor upon which they lay. He wondered if there was a way to leave them all there and fill his cup with something new. He wondered if this little man and his big happy family could offer him something that could stop the endless torment of filling and spilling, spilling and filling. I think I might like to visit, yes, he said, and unclenched his fist long enough to shake the preacher man's hand. Wow. Mm. wow. That was so good. I don't even know. I'm speechless. And yeah. you finished early. When I looked up, you were already standing uh-huh. up. Wow. wow, so good. Piper says, oh my goodness, so good. The cup of judgment he insisted mm. on filling. Well, Jamie, you knocked that one out of the ballpark. Thanks. Yeah. Like I'm speaking, <clears throat> it was so good. Um, and uh, do you feel like it's complete? or do you? I think it's done. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody knows what Yahtzee is. Mm. Oh, I think most everybody mm. does. Yeah. So. Teresa says publish that. Oh, Agreed. thank you. Shall yeah, um, definitely, at Jamie. Thank you. All of my sprints are on um, writingshorts.net, the written part, and they're linked to where I wrote them. I wrote this as a live. You could watch me write it actually um, on our YouTube channel. So if you want to see it being made, Piper says the repetition of the filling on the cup and into mm-hmm. the cup. Yes. And like not only was like a good word imagery and like you connected everything and kept with that sentence, but like in and kept using it like but it felt real like it felt like yeah that's what it feels like well, the exact way that you use that is like that's what it feels like when all these things start piling up and yeah so good jamie thank mm-hmm. you i appreciate the compliments thank you mm-hmm. wow yeah, so I'm i don't want to read that next <laughs> <I know. laughs> thank you, you for me. putting me first <laughs> i'll go next if you're scared <laughs> 
Well, I should I should go next so that. Um, okay. Tracy says it was real and ended with just the right amount of hope. I agree. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Jamie, your words are just command the room that hypnotized me. Awesome. Thank you. And then here's Jens. <laughs> <laughs> Todd dug around in the dirt, unearthing stones of various sizes and piled them in a bucket next to the flower bed. The neighbors had told him that there was no use. The ground around here was too rocky and too sandy to sustain anything as delicate as a pansy or a bunch of axes. Cause I can think of another flower that was delicate. <laughs> Two of his favorites, but to- Todd had hope. With a little manual labor, some compost and vermiculite, he believed he could make this neglected bed beautiful. How long had it been since he'd had his hands in soil? Too long for him to remember. Probably before college, and college was ages ago. It felt good to get a little dirty, to roll up his sleeves and sweat, leaving behind all thoughts of air-conditioned offices that were far more stuffy than the sweltering, muggy heat Michigan was offering him now. But although he could leave behind so much of Chicago, its bustling streets and loud overhead public transportation, he couldn't forget it all. Like the thick haze that clung over the early morning ground, some things stuck with him. Mm. Thoughts thoughts of walking along the pier, laughing over a cone of Jenny's ice cream. Thoughts of long talks snuggled up on his balcony overlooking Lake Michigan. Thoughts of tender lips whispering across his. But they weren't all pleasant thoughts. Some were painful, and those were the ones that haunted him the most. Todd carried the bucket to the back of the property and dumped it over the fence. He poured rocks in the dungeon of his mind, hoping the weight of them would overpower the weight of his guilt. Mm. Mm. I like that use of the props. Yes, me too. Very nice. I thought that you were just inspired by it. I didn't know you were going to work it in there at the end. Very nice. Very good. (laughs) Thank you. I love the fog that clings and doesn't want to go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Very good, Jen. Sorry you couldn't think of another delicate flower. You could have put the Jamie, the Jamie. (laughs) Such a delicate flower that I am. You are. (laughs) I I kept thinking like Petunia. Petunia. I think of. Yeah, the alliteration would be good too. Pansy and Petunia. Yeah, I love it. I can. What do you think of this character, Jennifer? Do you think he has a future in your world? Um, he very well could be. Like he could be the um, he could be Mr. Boss. You know, he could have like caused somebody heartbreak. And I mean, I don't know. Like mm. it's Chicago. Like I, I'm kind of feeling like all of these contemporary ones are going to be in Chicago just because it's just, I have to take a research trip. <laughs> <laughs> road okay. trip. Road trip. Yeah. I vote that we take Amber with us because she just got a brand new Jeep. Oh, <laughs> nice. But, I mean, I don't care if she comes. I just want to go in the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Gigi says, Jen, that was so good. I could feel the angst of your character, Todd. I want to know her. Oh, thank, thank you. Yes. Very thank good. Yeah. Appreciate all the praise. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tina. Without any further ado, we are ready to hear your work. Okay. <clears throat> Um, this is an old character that some people might recognize, but I don't know if I got the name right because I couldn't remember what his name was. So I just made one up. So here we go. Tommy hid in the doghouse in the backyard. There was an old rusted chain laying in the dirt just outside, left there after whatever dog had been hooked to it was gone. 
He could see out through the tiny gap between the door frame and the scrap of carpet that hung from it. The part of the yard where anything had the tenacity to grow was overrun with tall weeds. Their white flowers spread out, creating a flat surface on the top, almost like a table. Tommy imagined a family of bumblebees gathering around the table for dinner, putting on their bibs and sucking up the nectar. The bare spots were filled with junk, old tires, car parts, an engine, rusted bikes with missing wheels, a yellow Tonka dump truck with most of its paint gone. His friend, his friend Jimmy stood on the screened-in back porch, his back pressing against the screen material. Tommy kept expecting it to tear and Jimmy to tumble out the window into the weeds below. Jimmy's father was standing in front of him, his face in Jimmy's face, the collar of Jimmy's shirt bunched in his fist. Tommy couldn't hear what was being said, or at least he wasn't listening. He focused his gaze on a dragonfly buzzing near an old white wash basin where rainwater had collected. Its iridescent wings flashed in the sunlight. Tommy wondered what it would be like to have wings and be able to just fly away, and why that dragonfly would choose this place out of all the places mm. that were free to go. And that boy has to go, Tommy heard that loud and clear. He scooted back into the, the corner of the doghouse. He closed his eyes to block out the little bit of light filtering into his hiding place. Suddenly, he was back in the basement hidden away behind the false wall, left alone with his dark imagination. Spiders crawled unseen through pipes and cracks, able to smell the blood racing in his veins, hunting him in the darkness. Snakes slithered just outside the crack in the wall that every now and then allowed him to see into the next room, filled with boxes, old furniture, and shelves of tools. Then the monster would come down the basement stairs. Mm. I remember the story, Bambina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. You really captured was great. Absolutely. Of that yard. Beautiful. Are you particularly working on description right now? No. Tina's always amazing with description. I'm telling you. It's like she does she yeah, she's the tabletop of flowers and the child or I'm not sure how old he is in this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, imagining the bumblebees with the bibs just was yep. like, it made mm-hmm. you feel like what potential, what amazing potential in this little mm-hmm. child. And then to hear that he's struggling so badly with something so terrifying is mm-hmm. just gutting, you know? Mm-hmm. And her description, um, when she talked about the dragonfly, why would he mm-hmm. come into this yard? Yeah. You know, that just shows his state of mind too. When he could go anywhere, here mm-hmm. he is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So good. Piper says, gonna... wow. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you think that you're going to get back to this story? I think probably eventually. It's hard to write. Yes. Because it's a very damaged person. Mm-hmm. And I started writing it in first person. And so it. <laughs> sometimes I just have to put it away. You feel yeah. vulnerable when you write this character, right? Yes, it's yeah. very, very um, raw. But so this time, though, you didn't write it in first person. So No, maybe I didn't. It might be better for you and the story, maybe, if you don't write it in first person. I, I've been know. thinking that. I've been thinking I don't think that I'm capable, like, for my mental health mm. to write a whole book in first person from this character's point of yeah. view. Good. Shell says, wow, Tina, brilliant description. Captured the emotions so well. 
Gigi says, Tina, that was powerful. And the dragonfly. Wow. The spiders hunting his mm-hmm. blood. Mm-hmm. Hyper agree. She says, I think first person is hard. Especially when, I agree. Especially when it's going to be something that's emotionally just <laughs> devastating. Like this story is, but. So. Bless you, Rhonda. Thank you. Bless I was waiting for someone to bless me. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> she muted for a sneeze. I happened to see her. I missed it. <laughs> I knew I could count on you, Jamie. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are listening to this or watching this and you did this sprint, we would love for you to go ahead and tag us in it on social media. We'd love to see what you did. We'd love to share it with the rest of our um, audience. Um, if you have missed any of our previous sprints, you can start finding them on our website, some of them. If you don't already subscribe to our newsletter, go on over to christianindywriters.net and do so because we're going to be every week sharing one of our sprints on there. So I'd love to have you Yes. So if you miss an episode, um, you'll get a handy dandy email that will let you know what our sprint was the week before. And um, one of our beautiful pieces will be in there for you to read with your little eyeballs. Typos and all. Yes. Typos and all. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so just like we start every episode with our what's up, we end every episode with our what's next. So we're going to go uh, take another trip around the table here and ask what is next for our professional lives. So uh, we're going to go in the same order. Rhonda, what's next for you? Well, what's next is I just took on a little editing gig. So I'll be doing that Mm -hmm. every day for the next uh, two weeks. And... um, I've decided that my office hours are always going to be at the new place from now on because it's really comfortable there. So um, now that I've made that choice, it should not be a problem for me to make awesome. it. So that's that's enough for me. Awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jamie? What's next? Well, I am going to continue office hours for 10 to 12, even though I haven't been really writing during my office hours lately. I've needed that time to take care of some actual like life stuff. But I have decided to preserve 10 to 12 for writing because I'm looking to get a um, job that actually makes me some money with some of the rest of my time. So I'm going to feel very... Like, this is the time to do my writing career from 10 to 12. And now it's just a matter of how am I going to spend that time? So I need to do another sort of mental rundown of my business plan. I mean, my book is finished and, um, you know, being edited and things like that. And I'm starting to wonder if I want to maybe do Pitch Madness because it's coming up at the beginning of September. Maybe I want to get an agent for this book. I don't know what to do. Like, Hmm. I literally do not know what to do with this book. Hmm. And so I don't know. I'm kind of just being patient. I'm really exercising my patience muscle. And with the 10 to 12, I'm going to be editing my book three for my sci-fi series, because if I can get books three and four done, that's great. Cause now I've got like a series and that's so important or whatever. And plus they're there and need to be edited. And then I've got, I've got lots of, lots of things that I could be doing with that time. I'm just really flailing right now to grab onto the right way forward. Right. It's like I explained it that I've been in this inner tube in a lazy river um, in my writing career. And there's all these paths that the tube could go floating down. And I've given away my oar. But now it seems like I've got to take up the oar and start paddling 
to go down one of those paths. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not sure which direction to paddle in yet. So I'm really waiting for some clarity, for a revelation of what I'm supposed to be doing with this writing stuff. So that's well, where I'm at. If y'all could pray for me. I was just going to say that, that, that we have a whole audience of people that'll be praying for you. Jamie. Thank you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Piper says her what's next is finishing up book for pub and making headpieces for my sister's fairy ah. costumes. <laughs> Aww. Fun. Exciting. All right. My what's next is I have jury duty. So I <laughs> do not expect and and my sister-in-law and her husband are coming in from out of town. So all next or next week at some point. So I will not be in the podcast next week because of that. And I will not be in office hours. So my what's next, let's skip to the next week. My plan is the next week to get back into a good schedule because um, I got homeschooling coming up here pretty quick. We are going to start the Tuesday after Labor Day, kind of get back into our routine for homeschooling. So I got to get my writing schedule. Of course, then again, that's going to make everything else kind of like go up in the air too when you start because we don't, you know, you just never know. So, so you're not busy at all, is what you're saying? Gigi uh, <laughs> <laughs> says prayers for you, Jamie. Thanks, so. Gigi. All right, Tina, what's up? What's next for you? Well, I'm going to try to implement this thing that I've been doing. I'm going to see if I can show you. Like, I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to try to make I put on my wall. Can see the flow chart. Mm-hmm. It's, a, um, it's a decision tree. And it says, should I write or do I need to think more? And so I have this decision tree. Like, can I see what is next? Yes, right. Can I see part of the scene? Yes. Can I write that part of the scene? Yes. Then write. Can I write about writing? So can I journal about what I see? Yes. Then write. And then um, if any answers, if no takes me over to it, is my intellection loop just repeating the same stuff over and over again? Yes. Then I need more learning input or context. No. Then I need to do an incubation activity. So I got to, I need to make a list of incubation activities that what I can that do. Be? What's an um, example of that? That. Good question. Get yourself oh, a heating right. light, a heating lamp, yeah. and some eggs. And a rocks. I've got rocks. <laughs> and this is just a certainty scale. Like how certain am I of my answers? One, five being 100% certain and zero being, because intellection needs certainty to act. So, um, yeah, the, some, of the, some of the examples they give is like anything that like makes your eyes go back and forth. So driving, doing the dishes, because there's something about your eyes moving back and forth that that triggers the subconscious mind. Okay. So like I am not when when I talk about incubation activities, I am not actively consciously thinking about my book or my story. I'm doing the dishes or I'm driving or I'm and my brain is working unconsciously in the background. What's really funny about that is I just learned the opposite, that when my thoughts are overwhelming me, I need to still my eyeballs and stare at one spot. Because Mm. if you need to stop racing thoughts, if you focus your eyes and don't let them move around. So it's interesting, Tina, that see, it just goes to show you it's a study of one. Right. Right. And so um, fascinating, Tina, that we both kind of got the same advice this week. Mm -hmm. Yep. So my, my goal is I have a coaching call right after the podcast and I'm going to go in there and we're going to work on some of those, what I can do for my incubation. That's awesome. So Yes. Piper brought up EMDR, which is a therapeutic technique. I was, I have a tab open about EMDR right now, Piper. That's amazing. 
All right, great. So, well, good luck with your little uh, meeting that you have coming up here, Tina. We're excited to hear how that goes for you. Thanks. All right. Well, if no, no one has anything else to add, I'm going to say that this episode has concluded. I believe you are correct. So this concludes the Christian Indie Writers podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific. May your deadlines be met. And may all of your words honor Christ. Bye now.